You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. I'm Ashley Winch in Kansas City, Missouri. And I am Allison Renborg in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and you are listening to the monthly Equine Affair episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 21st. This episode is brought to you by Equine Affair. Good morning, Horse World. It's the third Thursday of the month. That means it's time for the Equine Affair episode, North America's premier equine expo and equestrian gathering. Well, hi, Ashley. (laughs) Good morning. I'm so excited to be here with you this morning and learn all about Equine Affair. You know, I'm still getting into the mix of everything here at Horse Radio Network, and I saw all the pictures, I've read all the press releases, and I'm just jealous I missed the party, frankly. Well, you're just going to have to come to the party next time. That's, I'm working it. I'm working (laughs) it. So tell me, as someone who hasn't been to Equine Affair, I understand uh, we just had the meeting in Massachusetts, and it was the 25th Equine Affair. Is that correct? Yes. So it was the, so we have two Equine Affairs. Um, We have had as many as four before, but we have two, the two longest running ones. We have one in Ohio every April and one in Massachusetts every November. And so this was our 25th Massachusetts event. Um, so it was a pretty big party. It was a pretty big deal for us. Um, and it's, I have to go ahead and explain. So next April is our 30th. And I know that's going to be like, what? <laughs> that's because <laughs> our Ohio event started before our Massachusetts event. So we have two back-to-back big milestones, 25 that just happened, and then 30th anniversary of Ohio next April. Oh, that's so so exciting. Yes, it's extra work, but also extra excitement and fun. And and we had all kinds of cool new stuff happening. uh, It was just last month. Gosh, it feels like time is flying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's like a year ago, but it was only, yeah. Um, But yeah, we had all kinds of cool stuff. It was a big celebration and I think everybody had a ton of fun. So, Um, and I know we had some auditors there. I don't think I got to see any of them, but I heard that you guys were there. So thank you guys for, for stopping by Ecoin Affair. Yeah, I think I saw in our auditor group, there was a a group that got together and hung out or I think even traveled together. So, you know, I love, I love seeing auditors in the wild. It's just so fun. (laughs) I mean, I I remember uh, when we, Glenn and I got to record this, these episodes live at our Ohio event earlier this year and the auditors would stop by, the listeners would stop by. Glenn is quite the celebrity. Uh, (laughs) And so I enjoyed getting a little bit of that rub off on me. (laughs) Just riding those coattails. Listen, I do it all the time. It's fine. He won't listen to this episode, right? (laughs) We love you, Glenn. Glenn. (laughs) That's right. Oh my gosh, we're going to get t-shirts made. (laughs) Yes, I, I need love one. it. I'm I think Glenn. I yeah. think maybe we need to get that uh, that made for the next equine affair uh, in April. <laughs> I would love it, and I'll just don it every morning when I do the interviews and be like, "No, you're not here for me. You're here for Glenn. right here." <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, tell me about some of your favorite parts of uh, this most recent equine affair. Maybe some highlights that you wanted to share with the folks who weren't able to make it like me. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. And that that's part of the fun of, you know, this is December. We're all thinking about Christmas and we get to look back over the year. And so I was really thinking, what did I want to share about what happened last month? And really, it was just the excitement. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we had to cancel two or three, I think, three of our events for COVID. You know, that's still in the recent memory. And so for me, just being back there, seeing people excited about being there, seeing the the hustle bustle is just still such a heartwarming moment for me. Having us all back together, you know, we're building back. That's what we're all having to do in every corner of the industry. Sure. Um, but it was really great to see the excitement. And we actually had a boost in attendance over last year, even, which was a big year for us in Massachusetts. Um, so people are coming and we're just, I'm so glad you guys are coming. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Um, it was wonderful, but I'll say that my favorite part, um, aside from just the whole atmosphere is the versatile horse and rider competition. Um, it is, are, um, I'll share for you, Ashley, in particular, because <laughs> uh, I think the, the listeners have heard me harp about this. Um, but it's this fun versatility competition that we do every Friday at each event. Um, we've been doing it, I want to say, since 2007. And so people apply in advance, and we select the 25 horse and rider pairs. And then <clears throat> they don't find out what the obstacle course is for the competition until like an hour before they're supposed to ride it. Okay. <laughs> so they get an idea of what might be waiting for them. Sure. At the horse and rider. And if they've attended and seen it before or they've competed before, they know what's probably waiting for them, but they don't get the particulars, the specifics until right before. Um, but it is an obstacle course. It's timed. Um, and every obstacle is designed to test your versatility, but also your ability to communicate with your horse and vice versa. Um, and so the obstacles are things like walking a really skinny bridge, um, <clears throat> pushing a salt block with a polo mallet. Okay. Um, so this is giving me flashbacks to my uh, extreme Mustang makeover is yes. what I'm hearing is that <laughs> yes. it, you, you just show up and you, you and your horse have to have that connection, communication, like you said, and and do your darndest. How much fun is that? Can um, And I know we have other highlights to get to. Is this open to English and Western riders? It's, it's yes. for anyone to showcase the versatility? Yes. Oh, yes. how cool. I love doesn't, that. Doesn't matter what, you know, what saddle you want to ride, what style you want to ride. Um, I haven't seen anyone in an endurance saddle, but I am sure that would be an ideal saddle for that. Listeners, um, you heard it here first. <laughs> Let's throw uh, down. <laughs> but but yeah, and so this year's competition was great. We had, uh, I think, a full house of 25 horse and riders. And also the crowd was enormous. Um, it was the most packed I've seen the Coliseum for the competition. Just tons of people showing out. Um, and we are actually going to interview the winner on the show uh, th today. Um, I did a great interview with her at the event. And so I was so thrilled to be able to bring that to the show. So you'll hear from her. She actually won first and second. Wow. Um, yeah. So she got to ride twice um, on her two horses and she had a couple of really great rides, but everyone did a wonderful job. So that was super exciting. Um, 
Another first for the VHRC was that our announcer, Noah, who we've interviewed on the show recently, um, he, <laughs> this was his first time emceeing the VHRC. So he wore a very shiny, glittery blazer. You couldn't miss him. <laughs> Uh, and he was our, our MC for the whole event and he just had an absolute blast. Um, and I think the crowd really enjoyed hearing from Noah in a, in a more improvisational way. Let's put it that way. Um, but he's our wonderful announcer who announces the entire event. Um, <clears throat> so that was the VHRC and, and I loved it. That's always a highlight for me. That's so cool. I, I love, I just love being able to see folks take their horses you know, and do things maybe outside of the norm of what we're all training in in our backyards or in our show rings, and and to show a real partnership, I think is just so empowering, powerful, and inspiring for all those folks in the stands. Which I love hearing stands full of people. I know many events across um, the disciplines, you know, are struggling to bring those numbers back up. And so kudos to you and everyone at Equine Affair for putting on a great show and getting those butts in the seats because that really says something. Absolutely. And I think it says something about the quality of the horses and riders and what they, they work so hard when they apply. Um, they go home and they start practicing and they just have no idea what's being thrown at them, but they do such a phenomenal job because we have so many of them who come back and ride again and again. Yeah. And I think our audiences know that and they know that they're going to see some really good horsemanship um, and uh, probably see some really funny uh, happenings too. <laughs> are like, what? You want me to do what? <laughs> <laughs> Because there are those reactions, let's just be honest. Of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and speaking of you want me to do what, um, we had a, a brand new event called the Great Equestrian Fitness Challenge, which we debuted at Equine Affair in Massachusetts and we'll be bringing to Ohio next year. But this is a new competition where no horse is required. This is for equestrians who want to show off um, – Let's see. They're a very particular set of skills, as Liam Neeson says. In <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so this event, uh, for those of you who weren't there to see it, we had three different um, parts of the event. So the first was the Barn Chores Marathon. So if you can imagine um, having to do your barn chores as fast as you possibly can in front of a crowd and as neatly as you possibly can. Uh, so stacking heavy hay bales, carrying buckets of water, um, going up and down a mounting block. Uh, what else did they do? Um, oh, hauling bags of feed, of course. Um, just our president put together this amazing marathon and I got to watch it uh, the first several tries and people were getting tired. Uh, about halfway through. Oh, so my gosh. It was a workout. Um, but that was the first event in the Great Equestrian Fitness Challenge. And then we had a bouncy pony race where you rode large inflatable bouncy ponies up and down the arena. It was a very serious sport here, guys. So serious. Very serious. 
<laughs> and uh, and then the horse nugget relay, of course, uh, which was you had a buddy with you and you guys had to scoop horse nuggets as fast as you could uh, following a path up and down the arena into a wheelbarrow. Uh, that was a barrel of laughs. Uh, <laughs> Pun very much intended. I yes. love it, Allison. <laughs> yes. So the Great Equestrian Fitness Challenge was a hoot. I think everybody really enjoyed it. And we got to give away prizes and trophies and bragging rights. So if you missed it or you were there and you watched it and you want to compete again, you can compete in Ohio in it. And we'll probably make it, I don't know, I don't know if we'll make it harder or easier. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone who competed before yes. if you make it easier. <laughs> I don't know. I was stunned. And I asked after I watched the first few runs in the, the Barn Chores Marathon, I said to Kogi, who's our president, I said, so who put that together? And she said, oh, I did. And I said, well, it was definitely a workout, Kogi. And she's like, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> But this is what we train for, guys. You That's know? it. Every day. And at least now, if you participate or even place, imagine your LinkedIn that oh, yeah. you won the uh, the horse nugget relay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a great resume builder for it, those barn jobs. That you we, we love a well-rounded resume. We really do. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And everybody's experienced that like, oh, I need to be somewhere at 10 o'clock, but I've got 12 horse stalls to clean. For. That's exactly what was going through my mind was as fast <laughs> as possible. I know we've all been there. Yo. I know we have. <laughs> and you know, it's the horses that just poop in one corner that you just love. Oh. Like, thank you. Thank you. And then you've got, you know, the next stall. The wreck stall. Yep. Yeah. It's like, oh, let me poop everywhere, including in my water bucket. And, and I'll stomp it around. in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't miss that from my my barn mucking days in college. <laughs> I, uh, I worked at a professor's barn and they had one or two horses who were the neat corner poopers. And then they had the stomp it into oblivion. Uh <laughs> stall stall stompers so yeah i always like to give those ones to the like the kids that would come out and ride and be like oh you know you guys you need to muck a stall before you get on a horse that one's yours oh that's mean <laughs> it builds character allison you're right you're so right that and and picking the pasture oh yeah character yes <laughs> uh, and then uh I guess my other favorite highlight that I wanted to mention was Fantasia. Um, so you said you read the press release. Do you, yes. do you know about Fantasia? I have seen some of the like flyers on social media for it. So Fantasia is our nighttime show and we have three performances at every equine affair. Uh, we do Thursday night, Friday night and Saturday night. And it's really an opportunity to, you know, you spend all day learning about horses and shopping and meeting horses. And then at Fantasia, you get to see what they're capable of. Um, so sort of that elevated horsemanship. Um, so we usually have uh, about two hours of just incredible performances, often by the clinicians or mm. by special performers that we bring in. Um, and so this year we had <clears throat> the Frisian Heritage Drill Team. Oh, come is- on. It's a group of Amish, young Amish women um, wow. who are riding their Frisians and they do drills and it's just, 
If you love a Frisian, I mean. Oh, which, who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, listen, I do wish we had more diversity in Hollywood films as far as, <laughs> like, I don't think Frisians need to be in every single movie and TV show. No. <laughs> like, I'm, I just have to say that. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's <laughs> but always a Frisian. It's always a Frisian. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. But you know they're they're such incredible natural movers, and I love that it, it's uh, young Amish women because you know culturally that's a whole different bag, and that's so cool. They are cool, and I mean those ladies. I've been following their Facebook, so plug if you enjoy their act, go find the Frisian Heritage Drill Team Facebook page because I mean they'll share like things that are going on in their lives. I think some of them are getting married, and so this was their last performance, and I guess they'll bring in sisters or cousins to, wow. to take up the flag. So I thought that was neat. Um, but of course, yeah, so we had the Frisian Heritage Drill Team ladies. We had the Whispery Pines Percherons, who are some of my favorites. Um, they did a drive-off with the Morrisville College Belgians. So we had we have our very large Coliseum Arena, which looks very small when you put I bet. <laughs> six Percherons and six Belgians in it. No kidding. Wagons. Yeah. Uh, and I remember chatting with uh, Sam Redinger, who's the owner of Whispery Pines Percherons. And I said to him, how does it feel to drive your horses into that really big arena? And he goes, well, it's not that big, Allison. And I'm like, you're right. It's not that big when you... <laughs> When you're basically driving elephants around. (laughs) I was like, you are so right. (laughs) Um, And so they they did a drive off to a lot of Michael Jackson tunes. (laughs) Because what else do you do with draft horses? Right? I mean, Uh, come on. (laughs) And then we had the Pegasus Riders, which uh, listeners will remember. We interviewed one of them on the show uh, back in October. And so we got to watch the Pegasus Riders, who are this, they're a pair of 12-year-olds who do amazing trick riding. Um, Just, you know, things that I never would have dreamed I could have done at 12. These girls (laughs) have done it forwards, backwards, and sideways, and upside down. Um, (laughs) You know, when you fall and you're 12, you bounce. And that's the secret. I don't don't bounce so much anymore. I splat. Yeah. So uh-huh. that I love to watch the youngins do it. God bless you all. A hundred percent. I remember <laughs> the first time I fell off and I didn't bounce. I remember standing up going, Oh, this really hurts. Oh yeah. I the same I have the same exact memory. I and I was I think twenty six or twenty seven and I'm just like, oh no. Yeah. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then, um, we had, uh, the young guns drill team, which they have been in Fantasia several times before, but they are a a herd of 4-H riders, um, with their stock horses and they did a fabulous job. Uh, we had bridal list jumping. We had bridal list dressage. We had, uh, Luke Rollins there who does a fantastic trick roping, uh, routine. And so it was just, it was a great Fantasia. So it sounds like something for everybody, no matter what the discipline, just a good old fashioned show. Everything. Yeah. I love that. We loved it. It was awesome. And then kind of a, 
a nice segue to our first interview. Um, we also had our first ever Best Booth Award contest. And so this was a brand new feature we wanted to introduce to encourage our, our trade show vendors. Uh, and so the staff went around on Thursday of the event and we picked the five finalists uh, from all of our trade show vendors and exhibitors, you know, the best booth. And then I got the pleasure of putting it on Facebook on Thursday of the event and turning the voting over to our fans. And so our fans looked at the photos and they looked at the booths if they were there and they voted for their favorite booth. And the winner of that was Equestry Yum Bakery. Um, and it was actually their first time to exhibit with us. Uh, and so I knew as soon as I interviewed her and as soon as I tasted one of her treats from her bakery that I had to bring the interview to the show for you guys. So let me just, with no further ado, I'll introduce you to Caitlin Friesma. She is the owner of Equestry Yum Bakery, which is a traveling bakery housed in a restored two-horse bumper pull trailer. Uh, she is a passionate equestrian and a self-taught baker. Her cupcake baking journey was inspired by watching the Food Network when she was just 21. And now she has her own business and enjoys making delicious treats for people, horses, and dogs. Equestry Yum Bakery won the inaugural Best Booth Award contest, contest at Equine Affair last month. And it was their first time exhibiting. Did I mention that? So please check out my interview with Caitlin all about Equestrium. I am Caitlin Friesma. I am the owner of Equestrium Bakery. I had actually heard from a friend uh, who came to the PA Horse Expo about the equine affair. And I heard that it was the biggest in the East Coast. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to come. So I signed up, I think like a month before the show actually began so it was like, I felt like I had, to, <laughs> I had to come and there was a spot magically available. So I feel like it was meant to be that I came here. <laughs> That's wonderful. And then how did you feel when you found out about the Best Booth Award contest and kind of tell us that story? Mm -hmm. When I found out about the Best Award Booth contest, I was, I thought that was awesome that they're giving an opportunity to someone to kind of work off a part of their booth as well. And that definitely helps me money-wise. So I was very intrigued. I was like, I was telling my mom, we need to buy flowers. We need to get extra balloons. Normally we only do half the balloons, but I was like, we have to buy extra balloons and do go all out. I was buying little trinkets at the end. Um, but I, I do have a lot of the stuff that you normally see on here at weddings and stuff, because we like to dress it up extra and cute. I'm very like vintage, rustic, uh, farmhouse themed. So I like to make it look really, really cute at weddings and parties and events anyway so I just went like a little extra mile to try to make it extra cute <laughs> and then how did you feel when you realized you were winning that you were in the front and mm -hmm. and then when you found out you won kind of tell us about right. that. right so when I found out I won I was I was a little shocked but also I'd kind of been watching the numbers go on so I don't know I felt very uh humbled all the people that were voting for me and of course, there's been a bunch of people that have been walking by all week telling me how cute it was. So, I don't know, it just makes me feel very proud of my trailer and the work that we've done so far. We've had it for about three years, so um, just like it's all coming to fruition now, so it's very cool. Yeah. So tell us the story of Equestria Yum Bakery. How did you come up with this concept? Mm -hmm. When did you start? Mm -hmm. What's your passion there? Okay, so Equestria Yum Bakery started around, around six years ago. Um, I would say the passion around it, I have horses myself. I love horses. I love the industry. I've been to plenty of horse shows or shows like this that involve horses. And I feel like there was always a need 
for something. So we also do food, not just cupcakes or desserts. Um, and we are very, except for the treats, because those necessarily aren't healthy, but we are, we all like, our food is healthy based for riders who are competing on the higher level. Um, so they don't have to eat fried greasy food, because I know how that feels when you get on a horse and you ride around. So I was trying to make a healthy option, but also add some sweet treats in there. And it's just fun to go to shows and connect with them. I feel like I can connect really well to others that have horses because I have horses as well. So it's easy to talk to them, ask about their horses, how their show went. Um, and it's fun for us to watch if we're facing towards the horse show. So um, I just love the whole horse aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. And so what kind of runs through the gamut of all the events that you have taken your trailer and taken your bakery to? Mm -hmm. You mean like what all the... Like, do you do horse shows, weddings, okay. Got it. Okay. parties, <laughs> expos? Yes. Okay. You can kind of talk about that. Yes. So we do a wide range of events with our trailer. We go to weddings, horse shows. I've been to bridal showers. I've been to horse expos like this. Uh, we've been to little wedding camps where we go and we set up as like a vendor booth for people to take pictures with. Um, we've been a all assortment things so far and hopefully a broader ranges to come as well. Um, we, we try to mainly go for horse shows and like the bigger shows because it's just fun for us. But uh, I love weddings as well. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you make all the treats yourself? Yes. Okay. So uh, I do make all the treats myself. Uh, we don't make them in the trailer, but we are commercial to make them outside the trailer. And then we make the food inside the trailer, but uh, ranges ranging from uh, cookies, brownies, cupcakes, horse treats, dog treats, and then people treats as well. So uh, yeah, we make it all ourselves. <laughs> is this your full-time job? Uh, so currently this is my full-time job. I have a couple, two part-time jobs, cleaning horse stalls and mucking on the side when it's not too busy or during our busy season. But I also can't get away from the poo, I guess. So I, don't know. <laughs> I have it on the side. <laughs> And what are, what are your goals for Equestrian Bakery? What are you hoping to do from here? Yes. Uh, so my goals for Equestrian Bakery is definitely probably to be broader, well-known in the horse industry. I, I'd really like that and enjoy that. Maybe eventually down the road get a storefront possibly. Uh, but for right now, we just like going out with our trailer. It's definitely flexible with my schedule. Um, and then I can go to all the horse shows all over the place. But maybe in the future have a storefront and that'd be really awesome. Yeah. Where are you based out of? Mm -hmm. So we're based out of uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania in uh, Ephrata mm -hmm. County, the Amish country as people know it. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, we do travel, obviously we're in Massachusetts, so we travel far and wide for crazy horse events. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and is this <laughs> a actual remodeled horse trailer or kind of tell us about your actual mm -hmm. vehicle that you travel yes. in? So this is a remodeled horse trailer. It's a 1989 Gore horse trailer. If you went on our website, it looks like a complete rust bucket. Uh, so we pretty much had to take it down to bare bones. It was stripped down to absolutely nothing. We had to put aluminum siding on it. The whole nine yards, it was very bad. I probably should have got some little less rusted. I picked her up for 900 bucks in Delaware. We drove home with no lights, absolutely like no air in the tires, no license plate. And we just, <laughs> it took a whole year to repair, but she looks restored. So we have a couple uh, things that are uh, original on the trailer, which would be the roof and the hubcaps. But supposedly my hubcaps are vintage, so I think that's pretty cool. 
So, uh, yeah, she's got some story behind her. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone who works in the bakery mainly consists of me. It's usually just me. I do have a helper on the side. I have some roommates that help um, that live at my house. And then I also have a great mom who helps me on the side and coming to the events. I think she, lo she loves going to the horsey things as well. So she likes traveling along. Um, but we're just a very small business right now since we just have our trailer. So hopefully broader range soon. So if you want to learn more about us, you can go to our website, which right now we did just go through a name change, but you can go to www.katiecakesco.com or you can go to all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook. We do have a TikTok as well. That's fun. We go live on there. We make stuff. Uh, that's Equestrium on there. Uh, and you can find out about the events we're going to or if you want to book us for a wedding or a birthday party. Um, you can just shoot me a DM message email and we'll get back to you within the day probably. <laughs> You can order delicious treats from katiescakeco.com and have them shipped to the lower 49 states via overnight UPS. And I'll tell you, they are delicious. So after my interview with Caitlin, uh, my husband and I did get one of her cake jars because she sells her cakes in a little jar and you can do four ounces or eight ounces. And I think we had the blueberry flavor and it was, yeah, pretty amazing. I just got to say, <laughs> so you definitely want one. If you can get one, get one and uh, turn the lights off and just enjoy it because it's an experience. <laughs> and, you know, it's the holidays. So get yourself something. You don't have to share. <laughs> exactly. Don't share. But I guess, you know, get one for you and then get one for your friends and put them in their stockings. You know? Oh, there you go. That's the holiday spirit. <laughs> Stocking stuffers. So. So that was a great interview. I really enjoyed meeting Caitlin and you should definitely follow her on Facebook, Instagram, find her website, do all the things because she is a young up and coming business owner and we want to encourage her. Um, and she'll also be in mass next year because one of the prizes for winning the best booth is a credit towards your exhibit space for the next year. So it's really a way for us to give back to our exhibitors who work so darn hard um, to bring their products and their decorations and everything to equine affair to make it a to make it the you know largest horse related trade show in north america so yeah definitely support our vendors um get your get your christmas shopping as as glenn's always saying get your credit cards ready for christmas um and then yeah my next interview i was so excited to do is with the winner of the versatile horse and rider competition Brittany meyer um we had 25 pre-selected horse and rider pairs to race the clock and tackle those obstacles like uh, Ashley and I were talking about earlier. And Brittany was the lucky winner of not just first place, but second place too. She's from Cumberland, Rhode Island, and she won first place aboard my Sharona's Time to Shine, and then second place on Copy That, and she won a grand total of $4,000 plus bragging rights. So we caught up with Brittany during the event to chat about her rides, and here's what she had to say. My name is Brittany Mayer. I am from Cumberland, Rhode Island, and I came to Equine Affair for the Versatile Horse and Rider competition. Now, is that a competition that you've entered before? I have entered the competition before. I've done it twice on the mare that I wanted on last night and once on the mare that I was second with last oh. night. So how have your past attempts kind of been, how did they inform your, your approach this time? 
Uh, well, the first time that I ever did it was in 2016 uh, on my Ron mare, uh, my Sharona's Time to Shine. And she, during our ground tie, she stepped on her rein and broke it, and I had to finish the course with one rein. Uh, so we've kind of made adjustments to our ground tie with her. So sometimes we just don't even bother trying it. I'll set her there for a second, step away, and then bring her with me to whatever we have to do. Uh, and then last year I showed the horse that I was second with, copy that. She is a sensitive, uh, not spooky mare, but she can get a little bit sketched out by things. So last year's, um, what, three obstacles I did before I went off course last year um, really helped me prepare her for this year. And uh, the fact that I went off course last year uh, really made me study the pattern a little bit harder and ride it in my head a lot more than I did last year and be a little bit more focused on it this year. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about, we'll talk about the mare you wanted on first. Tell us a little bit about Roni and your history together and what she's like. Yeah, Roni we got, she's 19 years old now. She... Um, she was seven when we bought her. We bought her from a lesson program that was using her for beginner hunt seat riders, uh, doing short stare at beginner walk truck canner, showing some local hunter shows. And uh, we started off leasing her for a season for our show kids at home because uh, we do lessons showing boarding at our place. And we ended up liking her so much we bought her and we've owned her the last 11 or 12 years. Um, in those years, we've done everything from hunters and jumpers to Western pleasure, um, Western horsemanship. She's done the New England medal finals before for Western, um, placed fairly well in that. Um, and uh, now we're doing a little bit more with versatility, and we started that in 2016 with her. And she seems to really, really like it. it uh, she's a very laid-back, quiet horse, and she's not phased by very much. So she, she goes up to each obstacle like, yep, I'm ready, let's tackle it. What was the, the most challenging obstacle that you encountered with her yesterday? Um, honestly, it was walking into the arena. Uh, it's been several years since she was here last, yeah. and uh, I was not expecting her to get as charged up as she was entering the ring. So I was honestly a little bit nervous because she did try to spin and bolt out of the chute before we went. So I just kept her busy. I didn't force her to stand still or anything because I knew that was just going to frustrate her. So in the start box, I just moved her around a little bit to keep her brain working, keep her mind busy off of the crowd and, and everything that was going on there. Uh, so I think the hardest part for her was just entering the arena and getting her brain working again the way that I know that it, it's supposed to work. Yeah. And it was a pretty big crowd yesterday. Yes, it was yes. A, a big crowd yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the obstacle that you were the most nervous about when you learned about the course? Um, probably the ground tie uh, because I knew like or the first year that I ever showed her in 2016 she broke the ground tie because there was a pile of manure next to her and she had to go sniff it so with the hay bale next to the bridge I was a little nervous on that so that's why I kind of chose to forego doing the full ground tie with her and especially with how nervous she was um, I wasn't going to leave her alone for that. Yeah. How did you feel um, after your ride, after you had completed it with her, before you knew the results? How did you feel it went? Um, I felt amazing after that ride. Um, uh, she did everything that I asked her to. Uh, we have the same pool at home that we had to do on the course last night, and she exactly what she did last night 
if she's going to mess it up, she does that. She just blows right forward through it, forgets how to move her hind end over, and that's what happened last night. Um, so, yeah. Was there a particular obstacle that you were just like, yes, we totally aced that. You did a fabulous job. Oh, like- those lope overs. <laughs> I, was, I was super thrilled about the lope overs. Um, she's great counter cantering, which is actually her weakest suit when, when we're trying to do lead changes. She, mm. she hates those. She, she doesn't like to be that athletic. So when I saw that there was a counter canner in that, that course, I was really excited about that for her. Um, I also was really excited about her backup and uh, her ability to go in and maneuver the gate there towards the end. Now, am I correct that you were selected first with Copy That? I was, yeah. yeah. Roni was not chosen first round. We didn't yeah. find out until fairly uh, late last week that Roni had been accepted. And, and were you excited or nervous that you were going to have to ride twice? Well, uh, my family and I had talked about the pros and cons to riding two horses versus the one. Um, we were a little bit disappointed that Copy That was chosen over uh, Roni because Roni is the horse that I've done it before and we've been to competitive and we've pinned top five before to get uh, top ten before together with her so not having her there and having Copper there was a little bit of a disappointment but once I got the phone call that Roni was accepted I was like yes <laughs> I was excited because she's the one that I was really hoping to actually compete with and Copper was more of a let's get through the course and further her training so let's talk a little bit about Copper. Tell me about this horse and um, your relationship with this one and, and how you prepared her for the course. Yeah, uh, so Copper, I've known for four years now, I think. I've only owned her for a year and a half. So uh, she was started at the University of Finley in their reigning program, in their colt starting program, and then she was part of a reigning program in Nebraska as a youngster. She came out of uh, the BLM holding pens as a weanling or yearling for, uh, for a competition with the Mustang Heritage Foundation. Uh, friends of mine from Kentucky bought her, and that's where I met her first when I was doing a clinic out there. Um, that was about four years ago, three or four years ago. Uh, and I fell in love with her then. And I, I told them, if you ever want to sell her, I, I'd be very interested to have her. And so they owned her for a few years. And then when she came up for sale last summer, um, I think from the time that they posted that she was for sale on Facebook to the time that we told them that we would buy her was maybe 45 minutes. <laughs> My mom woke me up in the morning and said, hey, what's this copper horse they have for sale? I said, I don't care what you're asking about, buy it. <laughs> Um, so then uh, we picked her up in Kentucky, or actually we picked her up in West Virginia last summer. And so we only had a few months to prepare for the Versatile Horse and Rider competition last year. Uh, and she, she was very nervous about it. We knew where her weak points were. She was fairly out of shape by the time we got her. Had been in a 4-H type uh, home for you know three years almost and doing drill team with them. Uh, trying to confidence build uh, one of the kids in that family. So when I got her, I had to remind her of all of her reigning training, and we showed all season this year, and she just got better and better, and I was feeling a lot more confident this year about her entering the versatile horse and riding competition. And how did your ride go with her? Talk us through that one. (laughs) Well, our goal for our ride with Copper was to just get through the course and hopefully not time out on the whole thing have her at least acknowledge each of the obstacles because sometimes she just sees something goes nope we're going back the other way 
Uh, so my goal and why I rode her in a snaffle, she's actually a very, very broke bridle horse that I normally ride in a rainy Rommel and, and a spade bit. And I chose to ride her in a snaffle last night because I knew that she would need a little bit more confidence and a little bit more help with my two hands uh, with that direct pressure. So uh, I chose to ride her in a snaffle bit last night. And I'm very happy I did because there were some moments like when she was scared of the purple barrel that we were supposed to push there at the end when I was carrying the garage pole. She was very nervous about that, so I needed my two hands to help her through that um, and buy a couple other obstacles. And so how did it feel after that ride? Did you think, yeah, we... We accomplished our goal. We acknowledged each obstacle. Or Oh, I knew that in the middle of the ride. <laughs> um, it's so loud and electric in that arena. Um, so you really can't, there's so much noise, you can't actually hear anything. And your horse can't hear anything either. So I was like screaming at her, yelling at her what a good girl she was and how, how amazing she was. And uh, just, just the fact when she went through the pool as well as she did, I was like, that, that's all I could ask for. So everything after that was a gift from her. Uh, I was over the moon when we stopped on that ground tie. I knew we weren't ground tying that one. She launches herself when you're 10 feet away and bolts to the other side of the arena. So we went in planning to not do the ground tie with her, especially. Um, but when I got off to, to do that ground tie, like every, all of the obstacles after that were her easiest things, I thought. So we were kind of home free at that point and I was just thrilled. I just had a good time with her the rest of the course. And then how did it feel when you realized you won first and second? I mean, um, well, I didn't know which horse had won when they announced that I was first and second. Um, it wasn't really registering at the time. I, I was just thrilled that both of my girls got recognition like that um, from such a, um, an amazing judge as we had last night. So uh, when I actually walked up both of my mares up, I was sitting on Roni and I, I had Copper ponied in the other hand and I, I actually thought Copper might have won it mm -hmm. uh, but then when Kogi put the blue ribbon around Roni's neck uh, I gotta, gotta be honest I was a little teary eyed uh, I was very proud of her for that she's earned it, she's, she's worked extremely hard for me over the years, she's come a long way from what we started with she was a pretty nasty mare when we first got her a uh, little incorrigible and she's it's been a fight to get her to to be as amazing as she is now and I was just so proud that she was able to get that win last night. How'd you celebrate? Uh, well, we were invited to be presented at Fantasia last night, so that was very exciting. Uh, Roni, I think, had a good time with it. Um, she got to dance her way into the arena and uh, run, a, run a lap. She was very excited about that, which is surprising because I took her away from her dinner and she's very food motivated. <laughs> But I think she had a really fun time and then uh, went home and went to bed. <laughs> Sounds like a good celebration yeah. to me. Watched the, watched the videos back a few thousand times, each mare, and just talked about how, how proud of the girls we were. And what are your plans going forward for these two girls? <sighs> I have no idea, honestly. Um, well, we'll get home and Roni will go back to her archery lessons. We do mounted archery at our place and she's she's very gifted with that from the beginners all the way to our most advanced riders. Um, so she's going to go back and do beginner lessons and teach people and do her archery thing. And then we'll see. We might be back next year. Who knows? And uh, Copper will just keep keep her training going and just get her better and better. And I'm sure she'll be back next year. 
Well, I know that I missed Equine Affair last month, but I have full-blown FOMO now, and I'm going to be calling uh, me and Glenn's boss, Marla, once we hang up to make sure that I can come to the next one in Columbus. Tell me tell me what we have in store and the plans for the next Equine Affair. Absolutely. So yes, Equine Affair in Massachusetts is over for the year, but we are already hard at work gearing up for Equine Affair in Ohio here at the office. Equine Affair will return to the Ohio Expo Center in Columbus, Ohio on April 11th through the 14th, 2024. Just in time to celebrate the 30th anniversary of our Ohio event. So insert your air horns here. Uh, our headliners will include Mike Major, Pat Pirelli, Steve Lantfit, Chelsea Kennedy, and this just in, literally off the presses today, Ken McNabb. So, plus we'll have discipline-specific clinicians like Mark Bolender, who does Mountain Trail, Daniel Stewart, Cynthia Hankins for Hunter Jumpers, Stacy Gear for Driving, and lots more to be announced in the coming months. Tickets are on sale now, and they make great stocking stuffers for the horse lovers in your life. So get yours at equineaffair.com today. And speaking of Equine Affair in Ohio, we have the honor and the privilege of having an interview with Chelsea Kennedy here for you. Chelsea was one of our clinicians in Massachusetts. She's coming back. She had so much fun. She's going to come back to Ohio in April. She is an upper-level event rider with a vast knowledge of horse behavior and natural horsemanship. Um, We wanted to introduce you to Chelsea So check out this interview with Chelsea that I recorded in Massachusetts and start getting excited about elevating your equestrian experience in Ohio. So I'm Chelsea Kennedy. I am an upper-level event rider who also does a lot of work in the horsemanship world. So I do a lot of uh, bridalist work, a lot of liberty work, um, a lot of use of positive reinforcement training, um, and I try to bring that into the competitive space as well. So how does positive reinforcement work in the competitive space? How is it different from, let's say, training at home? Yeah, I mean, I think I do it all at home as well, but I try to bring the understandings of um, how horses learn and different modalities of increasing our ability to communicate with them effectively, Mm -hmm. Um, not only at home, but then I try to showcase that out in the world when I'm showing and bring that into understanding Um, how we can enhance performance in the competitive space through those understandings. And how do you, let's do like a general definition of positive reinforcement. Kind of give us a refresher on that. Yeah, so for me, I mean, I've studied a lot about the scientific understanding behind positive reinforcement work, which means I actually use like a clicker and food uh, to help my horse understand the exact moment they've done something right and reinforce that understanding with a reward. Um, that is uh, a process over time by which you can remove the food reward slowly and have still that sound, mm-hmm. replace that, that food reward and in- still increase the understanding of new learning. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever there is a question we're posing to the horse that maybe they haven't encountered before um, or that there's some anxiety around, uh, it can really help a horse settle and think through problems and increase problem solving. Okay. Yeah. It's a great, so, great tool. We've been using it in the, in every, um, training world besides horses for like 
decades. And yeah. somehow it's just starting to really catch on in the, in the horse world. And I found it to be a huge, uh, a huge addition to my program. Why do you think it's taken so long for it to kind of I think because, migrate? yeah, I think because horses are so um, forgiving. Um, and for a long time we thought because horses will allow it, that um, pressure and release was the only way to train horses. Um, and I, I absolutely use pressure and release in my work, but I've found that adding this little cherry on top of, of the positive reinforcement work has really um, helped horses understand what I'm asking so much faster and really tune in to what I'm asking and try harder. Yeah. Yeah. And try is so important, no so, matter what we're doing, yeah. but especially eventing. I yeah, would absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about why you're here at Equine Affair. What are you doing this year? Yeah. So this year, um, I'm presenting. I'm teaching a few uh, clinics. I'm also doing a demo, and I'm, I did a talk yesterday as well. Uh, I'm spanning topics from. In my talk, I, I did a. Uh, I had a conversation with people about how we bring horsemanship more into the competitive space. So talking about the things I'm explaining uh, to you right now regarding horsemanship in general, different modalities of training and learning, and how we make that more the norm in the competitive world. Uh, for my clinics, I'm talking about things that seem really, really basic, but if you think about what professionals do on a daily basis, they really are refining the most basic things and then using those building blocks to add layers and more complicated understandings to their horse's work. So I did a clinic yesterday about refining our most basic aids to help our horses more clearly understand what we're asking. And that just means how they move from your leg, how they connect to the contact. And those are the building blocks of every more complicated thing we're going to do with our horses. Yeah. Yeah. Today I get to teach on uh, the importance of being patient and persistent in asking horses for things that might throw them off a little bit, might create a little bit of anxiety or tension in them. I'll be bringing in things like tarps and barrels and, and rails that we might ask horses to work with and around in ways that they're not used to, and helping their, uh, their person, their handler, navigate those, dis those uncomfortable places that the horse might have with yeah. patience and calm and persistence to, to help the horse figure out the question. Yeah. yeah. And this evening, I'm really excited about my five o'clock session because I'm, I'm working with, uh, with someone I don't know, demoing how changing our own mindset and our own quality of presence will help a horse settle and relax into a situation where they may not normally relax. So yeah. I, I think that's going to be a fun one. I'm going to bring the audience in and see how we can make it a, a learning opportunity for everyone who's there, not just the person in the ring with me. Definitely. Yeah. And that was something I wanted to ask you about. It, it's in your bio. It's about you're very, uh, you like to focus on how being present improves our yeah. riding. Yeah. And you said something like quality of presence. Yeah. So tell me what that means to you. Yeah. So quality of presence to me is really about uh, how well we can be aware of what's happening in the moment. And so, so as humans, we spend a lot of our time thinking about what's going to happen in the near future, the distant future, and what just happened or happened in the recent past. And we have a really hard time just by the nature of our 
cognitive abilities staying in the present moment. And unfortunately, horses are a little bit the opposite. They live in the present moment. They have much less time that they spend thinking about what's going to happen and what has just happened. They have experiences in their lives that inform their their decision-making in present moments, but they spend most of their time really taking in what's happening right then and there. Mm -hmm. And as humans, we need to to, uh, cultivate the ability to do the same thing in order to meet them where they are, in order to be with them in the moment and help them learn in the moment through those places that might feel a little sticky or difficult for them. Yeah. 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 And so that's that's something we have to learn, you know. Oh yeah, it's a practice. <laughs> it certainly is not something that comes naturally to most humans and I would say you have to be dedicated to changing and improving your ability to do that. Yeah. And when you see the results of that in the way your horse is willing to meet you, it's worth doing. Like you'll want to do it more. Yeah. yeah I'm hoping that's what will be able to, to help people see the see. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really valuable. Yeah. So before we got started, you mentioned that you have ridden in demos here before, mm-hmm. so you've kind of been on both sides of the fence, yeah. right? Yeah. So what is your favorite part about attending and participating, not as a clinician? And yeah. then I'll also ask you about the other side. Of but, course, of course. Yeah. So my favorite part about the times where I've been here in the past as a demo rider has been to be able to come into the ring with a clinician who usually I have never worked with before. And not only work on skills that they're trying to to give me in that moment, but be able to show the people watching when it goes well and when it doesn't. Because I think when you're a demo rider at Equine Affair, you're not necessarily coming to a clinic like as you would, let's say, at your own farm or, you know, a, a host farm. You're really there to to help the audience understand what the clinician is trying to show. And so you have an opportunity to show the skills that you're already coming to the table with and then recognize when there are skills that maybe are lacking that the clinician would like you to be able to demonstrate. And then you go home with homework. You go home with a feeling of like, huh, that was really tough for me and my horse. I didn't get to fully um, work through that in the demo, but now I have things I know that I, I need to improve when I get home. Yeah. Yeah. And then as a clinician, mm-hmm. now you, you've been on that side and now you're on the other side. Yeah. How does your experience as an attendee and participant af- affect how you teach? Yeah, for sure. I have a better understanding of what I feel like I have a better understanding of what it's like to be the um, person watching because mm-hmm. I have not only watched demos, participated in demos, and now I'm giving demos. Yeah. I feel like I know what each person in those different places is hoping to gain. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm going in to teach, I'm thinking about not only the rider, but the audience and trying to make sure each one of those, um, those people has a, has an experience that they enjoy and can go home and bring something back to their own horse with. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky to do all those things. It is. Yeah, I definitely found that that was an interesting position to be in, in terms of trying to make sure everybody gets something from it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenging line to walk. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, you know, fingers crossed that I was able to do that yesterday and I'll be able to do it today. I'm sure. (laughs) Um, What do you think the, the value is of... A place like Equine Affair, yeah. where people can come from all different levels and learn from people like you or anyone else. Yeah, 
I think the, the greatest value I've found of Equine Affair is not only the mixture of levels, but the mixture of disciplines. Mm -hmm. So I've been amazed and surprised by the value I've gotten from watching people in the disciplines that I don't participate in regularly. Mm -hmm. Honestly, they've been some of the most inspiring people that I've witnessed at Equine Affair. Somebody who works with cult starting or ranch versatility or, um, you know, like... I've been pretty surprised, actually, at how much I've taken home from folks who I probably would never have known existed in the horse world, except for having come and seen them at Equine Affair. Yeah. yeah. And then outside the demo ring or the clinic ring, what do you like to do when you come here, when you, when you get to just be you? <laughs> well, of course, I like shopping here. <laughs> I always find some really good deals, which is, which is wonderful. Um, I love walking through the breed pavilion and through the little sales barn there mm -hmm. and, and just kind of seeing, you know, the horses that are here. And um, I really love seeing the variety of horses that are here, the, the variety of breeds that are here. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I see breeds that I've literally never seen in person before, and that's really fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I would love to challenge people to, when they come to Equine Affair, don't just look for the clinicians that you recognize the names of. Read the topics and just go check out something that maybe you didn't expect that you would enjoy so much. Like, read a topic, even if it's not in a discipline you're, you normally um, gravitate towards. Check out the topic and go watch and see if you can glean some information that at least poses a little question in your mind and makes you think like, what should I do with that? Should I research that more? Do I want to dive down that rabbit hole and try to gain some information that maybe you didn't think you came here to seek? Well, that's our show today, folks. You can learn more about riding at Equine Affair at our website, equineaffair.com, or by following our Facebook page at Equine Affair, or check out our YouTube channel. We have videos, and we'll be uploading more videos there. Uh, that handle is at Equine Affair. Allison, thank you so much for allowing me to hang out with you today while Glenn is still on the mend. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for us, Horses in the Morning. Have a great day, folks. Go ride your horse.